Hey everyone, welcome to an edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. Unfortunately, uh, it's going to be one of the more somber episodes. Initially, uh, Nishan and I were at the Sixers game last night. I kind of wanted this pod to be kind of live reactions after the game and just to talk about what we thought of the Sixers and see them live. But Sunday night, I mean, or Sunday afternoon on the East Coast, uh, the unfortunate passing of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, seven other people on the helicopter crash still doesn't feel real to me. Um, every time I, I listen to a podcast on people speaking about Kobe or watching the jump and them talking about Kobe seeing Memorial, still hasn't hit me that Kobe is not is no longer, is no more. I think part of it is that he's one of those people that you never actually met in person or talked to, but he still carries that impact in your life. So, you know, it, the passing of that person, you don't feel the impact directly that they're no longer in your lives, but they carry so much meaning based on just how much impact they had in your childhood. Um, Nishan, I guess for you, I, I, I know I'm the diehard Kobe fan, but and I'll, I'll, I'll probably like just keep speaking on and on, but you know, what, what kind of, what did Kobe mean to you? Or I know you were not like a Lakers fan or a Kobe fan, but how, how did you react to it? I think uh, we've seen how much, Kobe meant to, I think, a lot of people our age, and I think people who grew up with in the era of Michael kind of underappreciated Kobe. But we we started watching basketball, you know, in the two thousands. Uh, that's when, you know, most of the two thousands, Kobe was the king of basketball, and I think just like in the late eighties and nineties, people hated Michael. The non Chicago fans hated Michael. I kind of hated Kobe. I hated what he stood for. I always looked for every slip-up that Kobe had. Uh, and it wasn't until really close to the twilight of his career that I started appreciating everything that he stood for. Um, you got to see his true grit. And you got to see something that I don't think we see too much in athletes and celebrities. I think we get you know the model celebrities like LeBron who build this career who are perfect family-oriented celebrities and then you see the other spectrum of celebrities and not to bring up someone like Delante West who you know clearly had some mental health issues was a great basketball player but struggled with mental health issues and his life sort of went in opposite way but I think Kobe showed that he wasn't perfect and Mm -hmm. he made a lot of mistakes along the way and I think the one thing I learned from him growing up, which I think is really valuable, is that you should strive for perfection, but that doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you're the best thing out there, but that doesn't stop you from trying to be better every single day. And I think um, after all of his incidents on the court and off the court when he was young, he just learned so much and grew so much, and he had a relationship with people and he spent time when his career was sort of ending to mend relationships that he felt like he had wronged, whether it was with Shaq, um, whether it was, you know, whatever we thought about his tumultuous relationship with LeBron when LeBron first came to LA. Um, I think Kobe learned to let go. And I think that that was his impact on people. And I'm someone who doesn't really care too much about celebrity life. I think in our day and generation, we care so much about being famous that we we uh, immortalize 
are celebrities, whether it's athletes, whether it's musicians, whether it's politicians, I think we look up to them as uh, the standard for what we should strive to, you know, trying to get 30 seconds of fame or whatever it is. Yeah. Even when we were at our game yesterday, you can just tell people just ending up on the Jumbotron, they get so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the unfortunate passing of Kobe, I think there's a lot to learn from the person that he was. And I I think that he represents not what everyone necessarily, you know, everyone's going to say great things about Kobe um, because of how his life ended. But I think for me, the moral isn't that, you know, Kobe was the best basketball player ever. Kobe was the best father or the best husband. Uh, I think that most important for me is that Kobe was trying to be the best Kobe throughout his whole life. And for me, it's like, I want to be the best Nishan I can be in my life. And I think that that's what I learned and want to take away from everything that Kobe's taught me. And as much as I didn't like him, uh, that that lesson that he's been able to teach me is invaluable. And I'm very sad that he's no longer with us. And I know he would have done amazing things. But I think that that one quote that he had that, you know, banners hang forever or whatever championships come and go every season someone new is going to win a championship but uh, if you inspire the next generation they do great things and they inspire the next generation after them to do great things like that's your legacy and I think that just if I can embody the legacy that Kobe wanted by being the best person that I can be I think that's good enough for me yeah I mean I guess the thing about Kobe is or that what we're seeing is it was, it was all, it, you realized, especially after he retired, that it was more than about just basketball. Um, I guess what he was more trying to say was just work at whatever you're doing or go full full effort. I think that's really what the moment mentality was. It started on the basketball court, but um, as soon as he was done with that, like he made, immediately started working on his like projects and won an Oscar. I mean, whether that, that film was actually the best animated short is like a different story, but... The fact that he even like got to that stage within a year and a half of retiring just like shows like what Kobe was about, and that's I think that's something that is mostly what I took from Kobe, especially this. This was a guy like you said he had his imperfections. It's not that we could just gloss over those, whether it was the Colorado trial or the time he was suspended for directing a homophobic slur against a referee. Those were definitely. Things that, you know, he was, this was a man with imperfections, but think what, as you get old or as I was growing up and I realized that what you can really take from Kobe is that, you know, you're never going to be the same. You can't be like him in the sense that you, we don't have that physical, the gifts that he had, but what you can take is the way he approached it into whatever you're doing, whether it's in school or whatever it is like if we're trying to exercise or just like when we're on like a when we used to dance in back in college like you know take bring that same mentality like put in the work and then that's only the only way we can even expect like positive results is like if you put in that work um you know it's just funny i mean like guys the past three days i guess i've just been replaying like especially our our (laughs) our history with kobe i remember like when we first met in seventh grade you know, telling you, like, I'm a Lakers fan and you telling me, like, how much you hated the Lakers and Kobe and the countless battles I had to fight for Kobe. Um, just trying to get people to 
I wish everyone just viewed him the same way I did, and like as a basketball player. But you know that was never going to be the case. But um, you know, I think Nick Wright. I was watching. Uh, he kind of summed it up best that a lot of people, in the process of hating Kobe, that they always thought like focus on what he couldn't do as a basketball player and comparing him to LeBron and Jordan instead of like appreciating what he actually could do. And you know, it's unfortunate that people are like kind of seeing that now, but. The one thing about Kobe is like he was never afraid to, afraid to be hated. Um, he almost like that almost like fueled him in a weird way, and that I think that was one of the great things. Like he never like was scared to make like these bold statements. Like when he first came in and said, "I wanted to be better than Jordan," or "I'm going to be better than Jordan." I want to win ten titles. Like all these things that most other people would like be like, "Who's this 18 year old saying that?" And Kobe was just like so brash. <laughs> And never hesitated to say those statements, um, you know. And I, I guess the sad part is, I mean, is this was a guy who like almost seemed immortal at times. The way he his feeds on the basketball court, and this is that was the craziest part for me when it first happened. It's like couldn't have happened to Kobe. Like no way. I mean, this guy he like played through everything. Like this guy was just seemed like he was. Could, he could do anything and the fact that it happened something like this happened to him it just didn't seem realistic and then as we found out his daughter was on the plane with him I think that just kind of that was that was just you know it's just a, such a tragic loss um, can't even put it into words um, but you know gotta hope that as a fam I mean I'm sure the Lakers will help get, you know with his family and like with all the people that are trying to support him right now but you know, just still doesn't feel real to me. As I, as I'm talking, I was hoping that this podcast was almost a way of like therapy for me in terms of if I talk it out, you know, it'll help. But it, it and it does. You know, it, each day, like you kind of as you see, like the more positive messages that people talk say about Kobe. But the fact that this is the reality still, that I don't think it's hit, and that's the craziest part. I think that um, for many people. Um, people probably close to him the impact is going to be the greatest but i think which still shocks me and i think that the reason why we do you know these podcasts i mean it's not for the list it's not because we think we're getting many listeners i think it's mostly because we want to represent what basketball means to the people who watch basketball for pleasure not really watch basketball because it's their job and I didn't quite realize the impact that uh, this was going to have on me. I mean, I thought, you know, it's not like I was a diehard Kobe fan like you. You know, I was, it wasn't like I idolized Kobe for my childhood. But I have to say, I mean, I had trouble sleeping the first night afterwards. And I was kind of shocked by that. I was, I thought to myself, like, why? do I feel such a uh, visceral, emotional response to someone who I never met, I never really idolized, I never went out of my way to watch Kobe games. It's it's not like I was Team Kobe or Team Shaq or Team Lakers. It, he was a small fraction of my childhood. But I guess the, uh, the amount of... I think he idol... He... he sort of defined partially my childhood. I mean, I think it's all of those guys that I started watching when I was young and to see anyone this his age, you know, 
have such an such a tragic thing happen to them. I think that that's going to affect me. And the crazy thing is, as I think about getting older and seeing guys that I used to watch in my childhood, I think probably our parents or you know older people in their 60s and 70s that are watching people they used to idolize getting older and whether it's dying of old age or whatnot. I think that has such a big emotional response to them, and I didn't think that, that was going to happen. You know, um, I, I thought I was going to just go on with my life and. I was going to see all this stuff for Kobe, but I had to like get off of social media. I had to like detox a little bit. I haven't been listening to as many podcasts about sports this week because it, it does make you sad. It makes you sad because, um, you know, everyone talks about what he's done and everyone talks about um, what Kobe was, but there was the aspect of Kobe that we'll never get to experience. There's the aspect of Gigi that we'll never get to experience. There's the aspect of those seven other family family members, friends, the pilot, whoever else. Uh, those are lives that sort of feel like an incomplete story. And I think that that's the most unsatisfying thing. It's like, you know, we as human beings love a beginning, a middle, and the end. And I feel like for those nine individuals, there was a beginning. And for some of them, there was a middle. But we're missing a big chunk of the best part of someone's story, which is maybe going from the middle to the end. And I think that that's why I probably had such a tough reaction is that there was so much he and they were going to do and so much that they had to accomplish that, I mean, we're unfortunately never going to get to experience. And I wonder if I would feel this way, whether it was a celebrity or whether it was not, um, because humans have so much potential and I'm just sad that for these nine individuals, we won't get to see the rest of their potential. Yeah. I guess, like, and especially the fact that the, you know, it's just Kobe trying to go to a, a game or his daughter's game and, and, you know, taking his daughter's friends on the flight and their families. And I think that just hits home close to, like, all of us. You know, like, we played sports when we were growing up, like, recreational sports, and, you know, that's a, it's like, you know, you carpool. It's, I mean, this is. I mean, he had the means to go on a helicopter, but it's something that we all did, even though this was a celebrity, you know, he was just going to a, like his daughter's game and they were like basically carpooling together to go to a game, which is something that we've all done. And, you know, that's, that, that, that's, you know, that's what really hits when you realize he was just doing something that with his daughter that we all, as we've done with our parents and just shows how fragile life is sometimes. It, it can be taken away in an instant. Um, you know, just doing a normal daily or a, a regular weekend activity and it just take, gets taken away. And it almost brings back perspective in life in other, in other parts, like things that you may get yourself worried about. Uh, and you realize those problems seem my, really minuscule when, when something like this happens for sure. Um, but you know, this, I'm glad we did this podcast just to like talk about it. This was definitely, you know, it was nice to just remember about Kobe and just like to talk it out with you. Yeah. One, one last thing that I want to do before we, you know, and, and the podcast is think, uh, I, I wanted to reminisce a little bit more and I wanted to ask you as someone who, you know, been a lifelong Kobe fan, um, it's, it's something that I learned from Scrubs, an episode that just came up and you know, JD was going around asking everyone, you know, tell me about your best moment in medicine. And I want to ask you, tell me your, about your best moment 
Kobe in your life while you were growing up? Yeah. I mean, you know, like we're talking before, the crazy part with Kobe is like you were saying, um, when he first like really, that 2000 finals were about eight years old then and he retired in 2016. So between like the ages of eight and uh, I guess like 24. So like, you know, Kobe's career is something that you actually like remember unlike the some of the older players. Like we maybe saw them towards the end of their career, but like you pretty much kind of remembers Kobe's whole career, like the age that we're in. Uh, I mean, I still remember the 2006 playoffs, the Lakers Suns round one, um, game four, Lakers are up 2-1 and look like, you know, classic Kobe, the Lakers are losing in the fourth quarter and they, it was just the end of the uh, fourth quarter, it was the, the Lakers are down two um, and the thing it was Smush Parker with the steal on Steve Nash and then Kobe made the game time layup descended to overtime and then similarly in overtime it was like a jump ball um Kobe got the ball and just drained a buzzer beater and <laughs> you know at that time like I was uh, so happy and I was like running around the house like screaming and you know my parents at that time were just like what are you doing like what's wrong with you but I think it's just like I was maybe a 13 year old at that time and just seeing like Kobe like make these game-winning shots and give the Lakers a 3-1 lead I mean ultimately they lost that series but you know, at that moment, it was just one of the great moments. Um, I think it had to be that. And the other one was definitely Game 7 against the Celtics in 2010 Finals. I think, you know, losing to the Celtics in 2008. And then, you know, you as a, growing up as a Lakers fan, even though I never saw the series in the 80s, but when you watch all those games, you could just feel the hate that the two teams had. And I think that just, like, kind of, like, seeps into you. <laughs> growing up a Lakers fan like always hate for the Celtics and especially the way that we beat us in 2008 and same thing like that game seven the Lakers are just down 13 in the second half and I'm like man we're gonna lose a game seven at home and Kobe did have a pretty bad game he was six for 24 um but he made some important shots in the fourth and then the way that he trusted his teammates in that fourth quarter was just incredible to see the Ron Artest three that, you know, it's like one of the few times that, as Artez would say, Kobe passed me the ball. He was just so happy. <laughs> and it was just awesome to see that the way the teammates picked up Kobe and got him that fifth, fifth championship, which I think, you know, was important to him because it tied him with Magic to be... He, and he, he always wanted to be considered the greatest Laker. Um, I, even though he always say it's Magic, you, I feel like it was important to him to be considered the greatest Laker. <laughs> And, you know, that title really put him up there. Um, those are, like, definitely two of my favorite moments. Unfortunately, after that, they, the Lakers kind of... That 2010 was definitely the peak. After that, it was all kind of downhill. Um, but those two were probably the two of the best moments. But yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, all, all I can say is, you know, uh, thank you to Kobe. Uh, not just from, you know, your... Nick's loving Lakers hating <laughs> fan uh, in the East Coast, but um, probably uh, you know, and I might be overstepping my bounds. Thank you from all the kids that grew up our age. Um, thank you for being the guy, you know, before the pre-Steph Curry taking a shot, of yeah, trash while you know in your sixth grade algebra class, whatever <laughs> class you're in. But thank you for. Uh, being there for us while we grew up you know 
thank you for your immaturities and thank you for your um, your willingness to teach us about work ethic but mostly thank you for being a role model to strive to be excellent yeah and <laughs> I mean I just this one I guess one last thing I just thought about how like all the corny phrases I used to say <laughs> and used to tolerate them and it was all like from Kobe that I just used to like pull out these quotes from him <laughs> You know, when he says it, it just sounded so cool, but anyone else saying it just sounds so corny. And, you know, that's what Kobe does. Like, he just provides these, like, quotes that make him seem like a mythical, like, person. And then when a normal person says these quotes, it just sounds so corny. But, you know, I'll definitely keep saying those quotes. So you're going to have to keep <laughs> dealing with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll sign off on this pod. And, you know, next time we'll... You know, try to just remember Kobe, but also try to enjoy this season, the rest of this season. Um, especially, I want to, uh, on Friday, I mean, they postponed this Lakers Clippers game, but the Lakers are playing back on Friday against the Blazers at home. And I'm sure that'll be an emotional scene, given that Melo was so close to Kobe, too. He's on the Blazers, um, LeBron, and how like they'll be reacting and how they'll honor Kobe. I think that'll be a very emotional scene on Friday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, watching the rest of basketball and seeing all the people that grew up idolizing Kobe carry on his tradition. Yep. All right, signing off. <laughs> <laughs>